The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg. Not missing, no. Just took a little break for the Super Bowl, and we're back. Welcome to show 401. We got stuff to talk about. All right, on today's show, we will have the only guy to make it into the Hall of Fame. That's right, Ray Guy finally makes it into the Hall of Fame. The facade of fairness, we'll talk about that. Got to hit this story. There's not enough urgency in the contract signing of Valdir and Lamar Houston, by the way. Yeah, those days are over. We're going to hit on that. And we have two humongous coach hires. Not really. I'm going to talk about that because I think it's important to note. We got a free agent fiasco, frenzy, fantastulum, whatever you want to call it coming up. We better have a good one, that's for sure. And we'll hit a little bit on the draft and kind of what we think is going to summate the draft of the 2014 Raiders. We're going to hit the bone line after that. Should wrap up the show. Welcome back. I know you've been waiting. And well, so have I. So let's move to the show. On a brief note, the most boring Super Bowl in, well, quite a long time. The Seacocks take it, and they take it with defense. When I watched the game, all I could think of was, damn, this looks like the Raiders of old. Matter of fact, the more I thought about it, we were hated. You remember? People hated the Raiders. That's where we all come from, folks. A very hated nasty, hard-hitting, don't-come-over-here defense. That's all I got to say about the Super Bowl. And, well, Peyton Manning. (laughs) Whatever. The only guy to make it into the Hall of Fame and well-deserved for crying out loud, 1986 is when this guy retired. It's about damn time he gets in the Hall of Fame. Let's talk about it. The 22nd Oakland Raider to enter the Hall of Fame, Ray Guy, who retired in 1986, drafted number one. (laughs) Number one out of Mississippi, out of Southern Miss, actually, in 1973, averaged 42.4 yards per punt and invented, yes, 
the phrase hang time. Ray Guy known for hitting the scoreboards in two venues in the NFL. Had the most fantastic punting leg in history. Look how long it took him to get in the Hall of Fame. Probably, and no doubt, because he was an Oakland Raider. And probably, and no doubt, because they kept looking beyond him and the facts are in their face every fucking Sunday when they're talking about punts and kicks. Ray Guy defined the position. Another Raider great who defined punting. Changed the way it was done and made it into a focal point of the game. Special teams specialist. Took too damn fucking long for Ray Guy to get in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry about the F-bombs, but the emotion of this pick and, and the time it took him to get there is just ridiculous. It has been ridiculous. Congratulations to Ray Guy. Al Davis saw greatness. And the thing that pisses me off probably the most is I'm sure that Al wanted to see Ray's time in the sun. I'm sure that Al was the one who wanted to give Ray his moment of greatness at the Hall of Fame, inducting him into the brotherhood that is the very best of each and every position on the field in the NFL. Congratulations, Ray. You've earned it. You deserve it. And that is all I have to say about that. Evidently, Valdir and Houston need some lube to move their contracts a little quicker through Reggie's hands. Well, lube could be used for more than moving contracts, partner. Yes, just recently on 95.7, the game here in the Bay Area Sports Broadcasting, Jared Valdir was very happy to be a Raider, wants to be a Raider, always, and is concerned that his contract is moving slowly. Evidently, there's peeps of that from the Lamar Houston camp as well, per his statement that he wasn't sure if he was going to be a Raider next year. Concerned about the contracts moving slow in Oakland. Jared Valdir, big number uh, 68, is uh, joining us. Of course, Raiders left tackle is now a free agent. Jared, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Doing well. Did you text uh, Tom Cable or Zach Miller yet to congratulate them? No, I did not, but I'm, I'm happy for those guys. Uh, Jared Valdir is joining us. You can follow him on uh, Twitter, at Valdir68. Uh, All right, let's uh, let's get to your situation. I, I, explain what the rules are. You're a free agent now. Is there a window here? How, how does it work? Um, basically, I believe, uh, you know, nothing really happens until March with any kind of, of windows or deadlines. I just know that I think March 3rd, if a team's going to use a franchise tag, it needs to be by then. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, that, that some kind of deal happens here soon. Uh, you know, I've expressed, you know, many times that, you know, I want to, I want to stay here. I really love, love the team. I love the teammates, the coaches, and, uh, I really feel like this is the, the place for me. And, uh, 
it would just be be good to kind of you know have some urgency and and this and move this along so it doesn't creep up to that date where you know maybe something has to happen that that's not in the long term. Yeah, you, you've been outspoken every time you come on with us. You want to come back, and Reggie uh, identified you as one of the guys they want to keep. You know how this works, though, Jared. You're going to sign your deal, a long-term deal, on March the 2nd, 10 minutes before <laughs> you can be franchise-tagged, right? Yeah, so I, you know, I'm staying, staying patient, but at the same time, uh, you know, a little little bit of urgency from, from the other side would, would be nice. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm doing doing my best here, staying patient, staying optimistic, and uh, you know everything should should take care of itself here in the end. Why, why are players so down on the franchise t- tag? I know you want the long term deal, but if you get tagged, Jared, you're going to be a wealthy guy. Yeah, you know, def- from that aspect of it, you know, it's definitely an awesome deal. Uh, you know, it would just be nice, uh, you know, to have more security in in being you know a Raider for longer than just one year. Uh, you know, this is a place that you know I want to be at for. So the rest of my career, if if if, if I could, um, but uh, you know it's, it's tough when when that kind of stuff happens because then it's you know all the it just kind of goes it's it's different because it goes against everything that's kind of been said about you know we want to you know make you a, a cornerstone of the team build around you you know there's it doesn't really back up any words uh, you know with the right action yeah that makes sense uh, does it seem like something is close. Uh, you know, right now it's it's kind of uh, you know not at a standstill. It's just not a lot happening. It's you know uh, I think that you know just need to keep you know moving things along a little a little quicker. There's almost you know not enough not enough urgency uh, to put it in kind of a football term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost fourth down. But as I say, they're going to take this thing right up until the final moment. So. Hang tight. Hopefully you'll sign long-term. Uh, where, where, where are you at physically off the injury you had? You played well when you came back. Are you completely over that torn tricep? Are you going to have to brace that next year? Where are you with that injury, Jared? No, I mean, it's, it's healed up uh, great. You know, I, it's completely healed. Uh, you know, it just wasn't wasn't quite, you know, as strong as it could have been, uh, you know, those last five games. So it was kind of, you know, affected a little bit that way. But, you know, as, as far as being stable and, you know, being able to be functional is definitely working, and it, it feels really good now. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of the strength back already, you know, being able to work out in the off season and uh, really focus on, you know, getting that tricep strength back. And, you know, I feel great in the weight room, and, you know, I'm excited to, you know, set back out on the field being 100%. Talking to Jared Valdir, Raiders left tackle. I remember last year uh, you got so big that I think there were some uh, blogs that had you, like, in green, looking like the uh, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Kind of like uh, you, Jan. Yeah, exactly. Much like me. Uh, are you? Is that kind of the offseason that you're going to have again, bulk up, get big? Yeah, you know, it's always, you know, try to try to get as fast and strong as you can. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's a, a crazy freak injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that was, you know, consequences, you know, any way that I've trained. Um, you know, so you can't, you can't prevent everything, uh, you know, I'm not going to change my intensity and, and how I approach my my off season workouts. Uh, I'll just make sure that you know I'm, I'm doing the correct things and you know doing things that not only get me faster and stronger but you know keep me healthy as well. So, what is the schedule as far as you being allowed to go back in the facility to use the Raiders uh, weight room and the uh, amenities there? Uh, what 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 is the off season dates with the new CBA? It pushes everything back now. Yeah, you know I'm not exactly sure. I think like our like a off-season schedule, like where all the guys, you know, come back and, and we start team workouts in the spring. I think that starts in April. 
OTAs, the organized yeah. team activities. I think late April now this year. It is, yeah. A little bit later. All right, man. Well, hey, have a great offseason. We hope to hear some news on a, a new contract soon. Obviously, everybody in uh, Raider Nation wants you back and uh, be healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, I appreciate it. You guys have a good one. You Take too. care, Jared. There you go. He's not going anywhere. Now, it's funny because Al Davis moved pretty slow on the guys that he wasn't sure of, I guess, but uh, he put contracts together at a decent rate. I think Reggie... I got to give him this much credit. I think he's being smart. I hope he's smart and doesn't give away the farm uh, for Valdir. Houston deserves market value because he's our premier defensive tackle. Uh, the guy can make positions from all over the field. He's a good player, double teamed often. But Valdir is also a good tackle, left or right, actually. But he wants left tackle money. And that in this NFL is $11 million guaranteed I and I look at the tackles around the league and Valdir is good yes there's no doubt but he's not great and he's not 11 million dollars worth seven million maybe six but not 11 and if he's looking for 11 I think Reggie should go out and get a free agent offensive tackle and replace his ass Houston deserves the money I'm sure they'll give it to him uh, we got to be careful with how much we spend. And, you know, quite frankly, those days of uh, Joe Vaughn Walker and uh, D'Angelo Hall are over in Oakland. We don't want those contracts. They're ridiculously expensive, and they're not worth it. I think Reggie came from a very conservative team, and I hope he brings that to Oakland because <laughs> we're going to need it. We're going to need it because this cap, we have we have a lot of room and there's a lot of places to go besides staying home. So, Valdir, I would pipe down a little bit, brother. Be happy for what you get. You are not an elite tackle. You're not going to get elite tackle money. And if you if you don't get it and leave, oh, well. Paul Gutierrez, of course, covers the Raiders for ESPN.com and on Twitter at P. Gutierrez ESPN. And he joins us here on 95.7 The Game. And we heard Jared Valdir early in the week express a little uh, – annoyance, frustration that he doesn't have a, a new contract yet. Paul, is, is there any chance that Valdir isn't a Raider in your mind? I think there's always a chance of, of something like that. I, I think it would be strange if it didn't happen because he was one of the first guys that Reggie McKenzie identified as one of his own free agents that he definitely wants to bring back. He mentioned four names in particular with uh, Jared Valdir, Rashad Jennings, Lamar Houston, and Charles Woodson as guys that he's targeted. Now, I, I understand what Jared Velder is talking about. He doesn't want that, that franchise tag slapped on him either, he, uh, even though that would make him a very, very rich man. But he wants that long-term security in knowing that uh, you know, the Raiders would back up uh, what they're saying by saying that, that he's a cornerstone of the franchise, he's the future of the franchise, well, then lock him up. So can it happen? Yeah, I could see him uh, being allowed to, to leave, especially if one of those uh, premier offensive linemen in the draft falls to them at number five and if the Raiders stay there. Paul, watching, taking some time the other day and watching Jared Valdir on tape, I, I don't know if he's good enough to spend the franchise tag on him. Do you think that's a route that Reggie McKenzie, they, they want to get a long te- long-term deal done so they don't have to go that route? Definitely, and that's one thing that, that Reggie did talk about when we had our sit-down with him uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, the, the reporters that cover the team on a daily basis. He, he said, yeah, it's there, and it's one of those things that he has in his pocket that if and when he needs to use it, he'll pull it out. But 
but he said, you know, there's no question about it. He would much rather get long-terms, long-term deals done. And for no other reason for the, the health of the franchise going forward, at least you know the direction. But also it, it alleviates some more cap space for them in the immediate future as well. And, and with about $60 million uh, ready to spend out there, uh, he, I think that's the route he would much rather go. You can understand why Valdir would, you know, he spent last, some of last year hurt. He wants to avoid the possibility of, of a one-year deal again. So I understand why he wants to get paid. Uh, from the Raiders' perspective, why do you think this is taking so long? I think just you've you've seen this from from Reggie McKenzie in the uh, the two years that he's been on the job. He likes to kind of take his time. He's like the bull that sits up at the top of the hill and walks down the hill. If you remember that story from the movie Colors, he, you know, he likes to just take his time and 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 survey the landscape and and see where the dominoes are going to fall, so to speak. Uh, I'm not sure that Jared Valdir speaking out publicly is going to help his case much. He's going to lose a little bit of bargaining power, maybe. Um, but at the same point, I think Reggie's just sitting back and he's waiting to see what's going to happen. I know he's scouring those waiver wires for if and when that, that stuff happens. And, you know, the, the franchise uh, window opens uh, on the 17th and goes through the 3rd, and then free agency begins on the 11th. So nothing that's happening right now or, or not happening is really surprising to me. It seems like Reggie has just shown from day one that he likes to be very patient and let things kind of come to him. Good job, Reggie. I think managing these contracts is very important for our future, and I think that's the good change going on there in Oakland. One of uh, many, I hope, change <laughs> this season for your sake. And that is all I have to say about the lube, which you know what it's good for. <laughs> I don't need to say it. And that is all I have to say about that. talk a little bit about the free agent fiasco frenzy phenomena you call it what you want but we're diving in brother well as coined by every sports media outlet you can look at it any day you want they all say the same thing about the oakland raiders so many needs. So many needs in every position. I don't think it's true. As a fan, I have great faith in this last year's team. I think that they played pretty damn hard, and there's guys there that deserve that opportunity, and they proved it. So on the free agent market, <laughs> just for quarterbacks, let's just look at that for a moment, shall we? Franchise quarterbacks, I'll tell you this. Uh, we're not going to pay no $1.9 million to Terrell Pryor on the cap hit next year. He's not worth it. If they do, that's ridiculous. But we could definitely take Sanchez from the Jets. These are just possibilities, people. I'm not advocating any one of them. Matt Schaub, you know, had some good years. And then he was an interception machine. You know, you have to just look at these guys. Seneca Wallace, which would be coming out of, yes, Green Bay. No thank you to that guy. <laughs> Josh Freeman, another guy that 
He's got head case. Him and Jamarcus should uh, start a club of some kind. Colt McCoy coming off the 49ers. Michael Vick is a name that's been uh, bantered about, but he wants to be the, the guy, as all these guys would want to be the guy. Chad Henney, another guy that want to be the guy. But Michael Vick ain't making no bones about it. He's saying it out loud. If I'm not the guy, he ain't going there. Well, evidently you're not coming to Oakland because I don't want you to be the guy. Every one of these quarterbacks has seen some kind of flash and they've come and gone and taken a coach or two with them, actually. I don't know about uh <laughs> I don't know about quarterbacks, but we might have to take a veteran, and one of these names could be that guy. It just depends on how much we're gonna pay him and how much future is left. I mean, Sanchez, Josh Freeman, Cole McCoy, all, every name I stated on here was the savior of the franchise for that pick for that season. I don't know about it. I know free agency is going to be something, but we're going to have to look at quarterbacks, and that looks like the list we're going to have to pick from. So you think about it. I don't know. Looking at this list, also Matt Flynn's back on the line. <laughs> we could Flynn it if we wanted to. We know he knows the system. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I really don't know about any one of these guys. We're going to have to wait and see. I don't. doesn't look very bright. Matt Schaub, uh, he's stone, stone feet. He never runs anywhere. Maybe, maybe him. Maybe Sanchez. Who knows? I definitely don't think Vic, he's 34, uh, tough place to be for Oakland unless we're going to draft somebody. Uh, who knows we're going to keep McGloin or not. The quarterback position, free agency is open. There are names. There are people who can run an offense. We shall see. Just putting it out there, folks, because it's just the freaking beginning. And that is all I have to say about that. Paul, we went over a bunch of names yesterday, guys like DRC, Carlos Dansby, Michael Bennett, free agents to be. The Raiders have 60-plus million in cap space. Are, as a Raider fan, should they expect big, sexy splash signings, or are they just going to go a bunch of mid-level solid guys? Well, and that, that's what's interesting is, is, you know, a year ago when, when Reggie McKenzie talked about the upcoming uh, salary cap situation, he said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of money, but I'm not going shopping at Macy's then uh, that doesn't mean he's going shopping at Macy's. Then this year he said, just because I have $5 in my pocket, uh, doesn't mean I'm going to go spend it all on junk. So I think you're going to find something in between. Because really the feeling that came out of that meeting with Reggie was that while he did like uh, some of the players on his team last year, it was basically comprised of a lot of backup guys. Now he's got to go out there and get frontline starter-type guys. And, and he doesn't just have a need. He has needs, period. And he stressed that. So... I think you're going to see a combination. You're going to see a big name here and then a maybe not such a big name over here, but it's got to be a guy that can be a starter. Uh, you know, a guy like maybe a Jared Allen, who definitely is going to be on the downside of his, of his uh, career, but is still bringing it as far as double-digit sacks go. Um, somebody like that that's not going to command big money as opposed to maybe a Greg Hardy, who I think would be a fantastic fit and, and fill that need of, a, of an edge pass rusher as well. So, I think you're just going to have to, to see exactly where Reggie goes with this because, he's, like you said, he, he's not going to go crazy spending money like, like what Al Davis used to do, but he has to do something, if for nothing else, 
to get the fan base excited. Now, Paul Gutierrez, of course, covers the writers, ESPN.com. You can read him there and on Twitter at P. Gutierrez, ESPN. Um, we, a guy we've talked about a lot, of course, Richie Incognito, who's going to be available. Do you think that locker room could, could handle that type of drama? I don't know if he really fits the the profile of what Reggie and Dennis have been bringing in. Uh, you know, they really talk about they want high character guys. Now, I'm not going to assassinate anybody's character, but there's a lot of, of toxic that comes with, with Richie Incognito and a lot of drama and a lot of baggage. And now, does his play overcome that? I don't know, especially if they already are going to bring back and they have Jared Valdir back in the in the fold and they can figure out some other things. I'll tell you, a, a free agent that's actually out there that makes a lot more sense to me is Alex Mack. You get him and bring him in as your center, and you move uh, Steph Wisniewski back to left guard. And, okay, now you have something going forward right there. You still have Tony Bergstrom, who basically is going to be a second-year player. You can put him there at, uh, at right guard. Now you just uh, got to look and make sure that Menelik Watson is healthy enough to play right tackle. Now, is that a sexy, all-pro type offensive line? Probably not, but it's something to build on going forward. And, and you got to remember, these are guys that they drafted as well. I agree with you on the on the character statement in terms of what Reggie and Dennis are looking for. The only unique angle is having Tony Sperano as the offensive line coach. Right. You know, could help bridge that gap with Richie. And he's just they don't have offensive guards. I mean, he'd be immediate starter. Do you think that may kind of lead the Raiders to at least investigate Richie a little further than they would have? You know, if Tony Sperano was not the offensive line coach. I think so. I think it definitely would make you want to at least kick the tires on them, unless because nobody in that in that uh, coaching staff is going to know Incognito as well as as Tony Sperano. So whether they do kick the tires on him or not, that's going to tell you exactly what uh, Tony Sperano thinks of Richie Incognito going forward. When you think about the draft, and, and there have been you know reports about there is a consensus on Johnny Menzel, there isn't a consensus <laughs> on Johnny Menzel. Those are both from ESPN today, but that's that's another conversation. Uh, but when you think about what what the Raiders would like to do there, not what they ultimately will do, but if they had their choice, what would they do at number five in a perfect world? Yeah, you know, I I, I try to get into Reggie's head here, and I thought they should have drafted uh, Star uh, Lotulayli last year. Yeah. I thought they should have drafted Sharif Floyd last year, and they went and got DJ Hayden. And it's interesting that of all the uh, the rookies that picked up votes in the offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year awards. Uh, all ten of them were drafted after DJ Hayden, but but I digress. Wow, uh, it's hard to figure out exactly what what Reggie's going to do. Now he did make a point of saying over and over and over again that he needs and wants a playmaker. Now Johnny Manziel and uh, Sammy Watkins both fit that bill uh, precisely. But if you get a Johnny Manziel, can that body, that small frame, absorb the type of a beating that he's going to take uh, in the NFL with that style of play that he has? Sammy Watkins, great. He seems to me like he's a Denarius Moore 2.0, um, but a little more consistent. But if you get him, who's going to throw him the ball? So it just seems to me like like they need to to build around that position first. But you know, Reggie has always said he wants the best player available. But I'm not sure that last year's draft really showed that. At least not in the early rounds. Paul, you're around the team a lot. Have you ever got any sense that they regret that DJ Hayden pick? No, not really. I think they're really looking forward to to what he can do with the full off season of not having to deal with any uh, injury or, or surgeries or things like that. Which, which then makes you wonder. Okay, well then they were willing to just basically have that first year of his four year rookie contract be a wash. 
Um, and then you, you kind of sit back and think, wait a minute, well, then what coach goes into a game thinking, you know, we'll just give up the first quarter, but we'll play hard the next three quarters because that's how long they're going to have him under their control with that four-year contract. So I don't think they regret it. I think they're, they were willing to, to kind of just see what he could bring last year as a rookie after undergoing all those procedures. And, you know, they said, I mean, the, the kid almost died on the football field um, his last year in college. So, no, I don't think they regret it, but I think they're, they're more looking forward to what they can get out of him going forward because if you look at it from one certain point of view, uh, he's another draft pick. He's a draft pick. He's an additional draft pick this year. Same thing with men like Watson with all the, the, uh, the health issues that they faced last year. Paul Gutierrez, read him ESPN.com, follow him on Twitter at P. Gutierrez ESPN. Paul, always appreciate it, man. Great to talk to you, and uh, good luck during baseball season. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. Baseball. Baseball. You're unbelievable. And the biggest news of the day, the humongous, ginormous coaching hires. The Raiders make a move, and it's noticeable. You're unbelievable. I guess it's just me, but it's so concerning with the coaching staff and the changes they've made since Coach Allen's gotten here. It's just blowing my mind how many replacements we've had replaced of his original staff. It's everybody now, I'm sure, because we've just replaced the two defensive back coaches with uh, Joe Woods, uh, and Marcus Robinson, Woods, 10-year coaching veteran, in the last eight years of the Minnesota Vikings. Roberts was a secondary coach for the Lions in 12 and 13, and before that he worked for the Titans. The coaching carousel continues. I just don't understand why, as a coach, you don't find the best guys available. I don't know why this carousel has to go to guys that have come from two not very successful franchises, the Vikings and the Lions. I mean, I guess they're on the edge. I don't know. But (laughs) I can't get excited about these kind of hires. I can't get excited about something that should have been handled two seasons ago. You know, these poor kids, you know, now they're going through another bunch of coaches. Are there other expectations? I mean, think about defensive backs. Will they be better than the other guys? I mean, <laughs> are we at now at their third year of his staff figuring out the defensive backs coaches are jacked up? I mean, I just want to throw it out there that I think that these hires are a sign of not good decision-making in that office. And that is all I'm going to say about that. Former Seahawk, Raven, and Raider defensive tackle Sam Adams joining us on 95.7 The Game. Looking at the Raiders as we head into 2014, how much of an upgrade can we expect from just one season of off-season moves? <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. I'm Now I'm... I'm- it's hilarious because I'm old now, and Dennis Allen. <laughs> you know, funny thing, Dennis Allen was actually my college roommate. And oh no way! Yeah, he's a high character guy, strong guy, football family, and I, I believe that you know that guy's going to get done what needs to get done. Dennis um, is going to do everything in his power, and I think that the things have changed over at the Raiders, where 
you know, Mr. Davis, God bless his soul. Uh, he was great to me. Um, but you know, he, he was a little bit long in the tooth. And I think that, you know, the game at that time had continued to to grow and he was stuck with, you know, the success that he had. He wanted to do things that way. And I think that that might've hindered them a little bit, uh, so I, I believe that, you know, with how things are going now with McKenzie and, and Dennis Allen over there, I think that they will get things turned around. I mean, they had the quarterback had some injuries this year. I don't, I don't think they expected him to be where he was. And, you know, then he turned around and had all these injuries. So I think that they are going in the right direction. I think that they are going to continue to grow full, go forward as a stronger team in the AFC and compete. You know, Kansas City did it. Um they had a great coach, you know, great season coach. Now you got Denver in that in that division, so they're going to really have to step up and make drastic drastic changes in order to be able to compete in that division. San Diego's always strong, so they're going to have to step up. I mean, they got their work cut out for them, but I think that Dennis Dennis Allen is the guy to get it done for him. Putting your scout hat on for just a second, give me the scouting report on Dennis Allen roommate. <laughs> Messy, clean, steal your stuff, respectful. Break it down, Sam. You know what? Dennis Allen has he married his high school sweetheart. He was always a good guy, hard working guy, uh, and he overachieved. And uh, you know he's very talented. Like I said, he's a football family, great great Aggie family. And you know I have a lot of respect for Dennis. You know, and that's a guy that Oakland can stand behind and feel comfortable knowing uh, that he's working hard to get it done and get things turned around for them. Great stuff Excellent. from Sam Adams, the one and only. Uh, enjoy the parade, Sam. Thanks very much for your time. We appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, uh-huh. Sam. Yeah, Sam Adams on 95.7 The Game. Let's just talk a little bit about the draft because it will be coming up. And, well, that's where we're going to get better. In the NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select, 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 select. The 2014 Draft of the Oakland Raiders is looking pretty bright as far as money is concerned. Uh, free agent money, the draft, uh, we have all our picks. We're in a very good position to start going out there and looking at the talent we could pick up that is going to improve our team in the quickest fashion, as they say. The Oakland Raiders, I think this year will do exactly what they did last year, and I hope a better job of it. They will trade down. I just don't see Reggie keeping a fifth pick. He likes his picks. You've heard him before, and he will try to get as many bodies on the Oakland Raiders as he possibly can. I think that's the strategy. I think that is. He's going to try to get as many bodies in camp and see who floats To the top. That seems to be the strategy of the Raiders. And I look to that. I look that to happen again. Even if Manziel is there or Boyd is there, there's a bunch of names uh, that clowny. There's a lot of people flashing around on the draft boards. You guys know it's a freaking crapshoot for crying out loud. Sammy Watkins, wide receiver. You know, like I said, clowny Boyd from Clemson. Uh, Fowles, David Fowles, Johnny Manziel. The names are out there. They're floating around on the line. And it isn't until 
uh, the great Oz, <laughs> Reggie McKenzie makes his choices that we see who comes to Oakland. I would love to see some more defense. I would love to see another defensive monster on the line to help Lamar Houston do his job. I would love to see uh, the defense improve in the secondary. I think we could do that in free agency. The draft has got to have at least three. We have to have three players that impact this season in order to do well. Hey, man, this is Reggie's last stand, and Allen's too. They got to get this draft right, or both of them will be standing in the unemployment line. (laughs) That's for sure. And they're not going to be too many takers from three-season losers. They got to get this right. That is all I have to say about the draft for now. It's just the beginning, folks, and we shall see. All right, it's time for the bone line, 1-800-620-7181. You know the number. Dial it up. Don't be afraid. I know it's the offseason, but things are always going on in Oaktown in the offseason. The Raiders, that's when we make our moves. Give us a call, 1-800-620-7181, www.raidernationpodcast.com. Get on the site. Everything you need is there and more. Randy kicks ass. Of course. All right. Who's first caller on the bone line? It's been a while, so we're going to get all kinds of takes up in here. And our first caller is Raider T. Bone up in the house. I like it, brother. He's from the great Northwest. What's up? Besides the teal, bro. What's up, Raider Greg? What's up, Raider Randy? This is Raider T-Bone sitting up here in the Pacific Northwest. Of course, banging the Pacific Northwest Booster Club. Always repping. We're everywhere. You know how the nation is. But let me get back to uh, what's going on up here, man. I'm sick of hearing this fucking seacock, seacock, seacock. I'm getting this shit at work. And it's like a catch fucking 22, man. What do I do? What do I do? You know I can't stand them Bronco hoes. Nigga, I'm deep up in this fucking seacock shit, and I cannot stand these motherfuckers, and I don't want them to ever have a title. But you know what? I got to go with the Bronco hoes on this one because I just need these fools to shut their mouth because it's getting ridiculous. You see the bandwagon jumpers up in here, man. It's ridiculous. You got girls wearing jerseys that have never even known about some damn football. Flags flying, and it, it's ridiculous. They need to be shut up, just like Richard Sherman, little bitch ass. Ain't nothing but a thug. Oh, excuse me, a well-educated thug. Anywho, that's all I had about that. Fuck enough of that. I'm not wasting the time on the bone line for no fucking seacocks. I want to talk about the draft. Oh, seen some pod, um, projected drafts. Mel Kuyper had us picking up that ride receiver from uh, Clemson. He looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. I'm not sure, man. Uh, I don't know if he'll be there, but, hey, it is what it is. I just hope Reggie does what he's supposed to do. And on that note, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, keep 
doing what you do and you guys do proper shit. Raider Nation for life. T-Bone. And I'm out. Well, T-Bone, I'm sure the teal is brilliant there everywhere. I'm sure they're selling T-shirts and and uh, key rings and all kinds of crap because that's what happens with the Super Bowl. And now it's over. So they have their single trophy. Good for them. Nice talking to you. Uh, you know, the Bronco Hose didn't make it. And, well, that's kind of a good thing, too. So we're the only ones with the kings of the rings in the West. I'll tell you that right now. Makes me happy. As far as the draft goes, man, I think Reggie's going to trade down. I think he wants more picks. I think he sees more opportunity with more more guys. So we'll see. I think that's his draft strategy. Thank you for the call. I'm sorry you got to deal with the Super Bowl parade. <laughs> that's a bad shit. That's some bad shit. And the next caller, my very good brother. The Pennsylvania Raider. What's going on there, brother? Hey, what's up, Nation? It's the Pennsylvania Raider. Well, uh, the question has been answered. Um, I mean, of course, we all knew this. Um, that the NFL absolutely hates the Oakland Raiders. Tim Brown, once again, is not in the pro football Hall of Fame. He has the second best career stats of any wide receiver except for Jerry Rice. You're not going to beat Jerry Rice. He is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Reed beat out Tim Brown for the Hall of Fame. Like, it just boggles my mind how all these other wide receivers that aren't even close to Tim Brown are in the Hall of Fame, and he's not. So, you know, that just goes to show you that the NFL has had it in for the Oakland Raiders for years. It's just nonsense. It's a conspiracy. It's political bullshit. But, um, hey, man, what are you going to do? You know, that's just what we are. We're the villains of the NFL. You know, we take what we want. You know, he should get in. but And I, I think Tim Brown will get in, but they're going to make him wait for it. Uh, they're going to wait till he's the last year eligible, and then they'll throw him a bone, and he'll get in. But uh, congrats to Ray Guy, first punter elected. So, yeah, man, that's all I got. So, until next time, this is Pennsylvania Raider. Peace out. Well, yes, Tim Brown would be then the 23rd Raider inducted into the Hall of Fame, or should I say the facade of fairness. It's not about that, man. It's it's inner circle horse shit. It's, you know, good old boys. It's guys not knowing their numbers. It's guys not liking the Raiders. You know, you're right. Ray Guy gets the obligatory in, and it, it should have been a celebration. Instead, it was like a letter shoved under a door. Uh, very, very poorly done by the NFL. I don't have any, you know, I, I've told you guys before, the Hall of Fame is all a shame because they don't do it the way it should be done, by merit and not by drama. And that uh, that's about it. Thanks for the call, brother. Shining the light on the obvious. Uh, it's okay. I can't wait to be hated even more when we start winning again.
And next we have Reda Keith up in the house from Sonora, California. What is up, brother? Hey, Raider Nation Podcast. This is Raider Keith from Sonora, California. Just calling, wanting to say uh, congratulations to Ray Guy. Ray Guy, way overdue getting into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I was hoping Timmy Brown would get in, but maybe next year. Just want to say that Super Bowl Sunday, I got to go Seahawks. Can't root for those Bronco hoes. Don't care about paying any of those guys. And uh, that's it. Thanks. And yes, Ray Guy gets into the Hall of Fame. The facade of fairness. <laughs> well, perhaps someday the NFL will get it together and make it a true Hall of Fame for guys who deserve it. Thank you for the call. Our next call is Raider Rob from Maryland. It's freezing ass cold there, I know. It's been on the news for a month. What is going on, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Rob from Maryland, is calling in on Super Bowl Sunday saying, fuck the Broncos. Fuck them in their motherfucking asses, dude. Fuck those sons of bitches. I hope the Seahawks kick the living shit out of them. Go Raiders. Well, there you have it. You know, I, I hate the Broncos more than any other team, really. And uh, that's what happened. They definitely got it. I feel you, brother. Uh, the rest of the nation, I'm sure, does, too. <laughs> very well said, my man. And next, a very solid Raider fan. Guy who cares, man. His heart is in it. <laughs> in it to win it. My very good brother, Raider Todd. What is going on, man? Raider Greg. Raider Randy, what's up, Raider Nation? This is Raider Todd. Haven't been on here in a while because I've been on the road hauling big rigs. Well, I was driving big rigs, hauling grapefruits and all sorts of other things. But anyway, Mr. Davis, get rid of Coach Allen. That staff stinks and they suck. Do something drastic like your dad would do. I'm tired of these losing seasons. That that quarterback controversy, it was ugly. I think Terrell Pryor never got a fair shot ever since he'd been there. Turning loose. This is a new age with the new quarterback. And Terrell, if you ever listen to this Comcast, brother, you got game. Just study more. Study more and practice hard. With this young team we have now and that we've been having for the last three years, we can go somewhere. But I've made a ton of money off this Super Bowl. Everybody took the Bronco hose, but I took the Seacocks. Anyway... We went and got Carson Palmer that time, which cost us. And Terrell Pryor is a way better quarterback. Get a guy a fair shot and don't knock his confidence down. Mr. Davis, go after some coaches. Get Lovey Smith. Give somebody a chance, brother. Bring them in, man, that's going to coach this team where they can have control over the locker room. 
But anyway, I won't be on here for a while because I got to get back on the road. Get rid of McKenzie, too. I can draw you up a plan to get us going. Run more read option because Terrell Pryor is a mobile quarterback. I'm out. I said too much. God bless the Raider Nation. I stay Raider down all the time from head to toe. And I represent this nation and will until the day I die. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Shit can everybody. Uh, that's a good idea, too. That might happen next season, man. If they don't get it right this year, they better shit-can this whole staff. And I mean McKenzie, too. Uh, because if they don't go anywhere this season, it'll be because his draft picks weren't very good, like they haven't been. We shall see, brother. Got to give him a chance. They're in the seat for this year, but it's hot. Thanks for the call, man. And next, my very good brother from Houston, season ticket holder, crazy. Houston Raider Steve, guy knows his football. What's up, Steve? Hey, Raider Nation, this is Houston Raider Steve. Hey, congratulations to Ray Guy for making the Hall of Fame. I was listening to one announcer, and he was uh, on Fox National Radio out of uh, California. He was telling us today that... uh, when John Madden was up for uh, getting in the Hall of Fame, he talked to uh, Mark, uh, which is uh, John Madden's son, contacted him, and they were trying to think of a way to get his dad over the final hump and get in the Hall of Fame. And they said what they did is they looked at the matchups head-to-head between him and the other Hall of Fame coaches like Shula and Landry and coaches like that. And the 10 years that he uh, was coach of the Raiders, John Madden had the highest winning percentage of any uh, coach, it's still a record, I believe, like 760 or something like that, winning percentage. But anyway, the head-to-head matchups between uh, Coach Madden and the uh, other Hall of Fame coaches that were that are in, he had over 70%, which is the highest, and that was one of the things put, you know, when they presented that to the Hall of Fame people, Mark and uh, this announcer on the radio that put him in. And they said that defense in Super Bowl eleven was a dominating defense, and that win validated the fact that, um, you know, Al Davis was a great, uh, you know, personnel person and also, you know, great owner. And he said Kenny Stapler was the only quarterback to go to five straight conference championship uh, games. That's never been done, five straight. And it was just great hearing uh, somebody talk positive about the Raiders to a national radio audience. And uh, the Dolphins went to three straight Super Bowls, but they were going to go for the four straight Super Bowl, but they played out in Oakland against Kenny Stabler in the famous uh, pass to Clarence Davis in the end zone, but everybody knows it as a sea of hands game. They stopped the Dolphins' uh, fourth uh, straight Super Bowl, which would have been a record at the time. I believe three is the record right now. And I'll take that back. Uh, they went four in a row, Buffalo Bills did. But anyway, it was great hearing them talk about you know the greatness of the Raiders and uh, you know, made me proud to be a Raider fan hearing somebody talk positive on a national thing, especially on Fox Radio. Of course, we got JT the Brick. But anyway, guy in the Hall of Fame next year, Tim Brown. We're back, baby! Y'all have a great one, and enjoy the Super Bowl, and go Seattle Seahawks! See, it's calls like this that show the Raider Nation its history. If you didn't know those facts, uh, now you do. And something else to build on your pride 
uh, to know those those things that did happen and things that should be happening this year for crying out loud. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, my brother, Autumn Wind Williams in the house. What's going on, man? Going on, Raider Greg and Raider Randy. This uh, Autumn Wind Williams just giving you a holler, looking at this uh, little news that we got coming up about a Terrell Pryor trade. Uh, not really liking it unless we get a bunch of draft picks. But um, I'm looking at the the deal with uh, Dennis Allen gets to stay another year. We're giving him another chance. Why not give Terrell Pryor one more year? I mean, we all shout no more excuses. Now we got $63 million and they can't suspend. Imagine uh, keeping Terrell Pryor and Matt McGlowan and spending that $63 million on nothing. But the guys that did really good for us this year, that had the one-year contracts, um, also keeping uh, Valdir, uh Houston, and uh, Woodson, and um, spending the rest of that cash on nothing but linemen and wide receivers. I think that would be a better – that will put us in a better situation than trading Terrell Pryor. Uh, of course, get a veteran quarterback to teach him a little bit, and I think the dude would do pretty good, him and Matt McGloin. But uh, that's just my take on it. Uh, just want to give y'all a holler. Ain't talked in a while or heard the show, so uh, y'all take it easy. Rate it up. Look, I don't think Terrell Pryor's going to be here. I just have the feeling that he's moving on. New agent, new horizons. Maybe they'll maybe they'll trade him. I don't know. He might be here because he can, we don't have to pay him very much money. That's for sure. But whatever happens with Terrell Pryor, our main focus needs to be on defense, man. Our defense took a crap the majority of the last part of the season where you need them the most. We will do okay on offense. We're building offense a little bit at a time. We need to solidify. We need to give Houston some help. We need to get some solid defensive backs to help Woodson. And our linebackers are just starting to come into our own. The defense is where we need to focus so it could be vicious. And then you take the heart out of their offense. And it's easy street, man. It's exactly what the Seacocks did. And that's what we need to do because that is, well... Thanks for the call, man, because I'm going to run the show on the rest of that. That's a great ending. I appreciate it, brother. I got to say that this Super Bowl team, the Seattle Seacocks, reminded me of the Raiders of old, man. The intensity, the tenacity, the toughness, the nastiness, the hatred. All things that were the Oakland Raiders defense, the Tatums, the Longs. You know, the, the Millens, you know, the, the, the team, the Browns, the Raiders had great defenses that were ferocious, vicious, and feared. That's what we need. We need to build a defense here in Oakland. And when they put on that black jersey, other teams will be afraid. Here comes the silver and black. That's what I'm talking about, man. Reggie, make it so... Allen, put it together, man, because this year, we got to make it so, man. Your jobs are on the line, and there's no joke. The fans deserve it. 
and the nation needs it. I am Raider Greg, and I am out. <laughs>